Hi there and welcome to this podcast and in this session I want to talk about the emerging concept of geographic ambidexterity. So I think the most logical place for me to begin really is with a bit of a recap and refresher on the idea of organizational ambidexterity. So organizational ambidexterity is regarded as one of the most important strategic challenges of modern times. And that's really because the the point of organizational ambidexterity is to ensure that the company is well set to serve the customer needs of today, while also being set up to innovate for the needs of tomorrow. And in many ways, you you can think about it in terms of how do we enhance our ability to exploit, and by that I mean refine, improve execution, manage the efficiency of the business, and do better what we do well already that is essential to our competitiveness and survival. But I would say that's short to medium term. And the sister concept to that is exploration. How do we then develop the the space inside our our business to experiment, to discover, to be entrepreneurial, to innovate truly new things so that we set up the opportunities that will give us future viability. Now, the core argument is that if we get ambidexterity wrong, what we will witness is a downward spiral into mediocrity that risks the business itself. So for instance, too much focus on execution and refinement of our existing activities mean that we simply become better at doing what we already do. And this can lead to a competency trap. The danger, of course, then is that we are incapable of changing when the world around us changes. On the other hand, if we are obsessed solely with the, uh, the entrepreneurial romanticism of innovating new things all the time, then we run the risk of a failure trap because we'll be looking for blockbusters, we'll be shooting for the moon all the time. But of course, new breakthrough innovations routinely and regularly fail and therefore we may become trapped in this cycle of pursuing the next big thing without ever creating or refining the products and services that are going to bring in the revenue to fund this kind of exploratory activity. So the core then is that we need to balance exploration and exploitation inside the business and achieve organizational ambidexterity. So with that in mind, what does this mean for something like geographic ambidexterity? Well, for me, the works of Birkinshaw and Gupta in 2013, and also various works by Devev Lavi, is really what gave rise to what I think is a very interesting idea, which is, does an entire organization itself need to be ambidextrous, or can it be ambidextrous in pockets? That is, effective at exploitation in one part of the business, but let's say more effective at exploration in another part of the business or in some of Devev Lavi's work, for instance, can we leverage alliances to supplement where we might be less effective? So for me, the origin of this idea in many ways lies in the idea of structural ambidexterity and the debate where a firm structurally separates exploration and exploitation into different units or subsidiaries because the tension between the two is so great. You know, remember that the tension between exploration and exploitation is potentially huge because you're asking the business to do two very different activities requiring very different structures, processes, routines, and incentives 
and doing them concurrently, so there is an enormous tension there. So the classic solution is structural, structurally separate, you know, put them into separate units or subsidiaries and then control and coordinate that relationship. You know, one of the um, good examples that comes to my mind, for instance, is Nintendo. So Nintendo, the Japanese um, games company, you may or may not know, but a lot of, well, pretty much all of Nintendo's real innovations, breakthroughs and creativity takes place in this Japanese headquarters and Japanese R&D um, arms. The let's say Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Europe are really there to just then sell and distribute the consoles and software that really is coming out of Nintendo Japan. We've seen other examples, for example, in way back in the uh, 1980s when the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, first launched. They had strict quality controls that only allowed games publishers to launch three games per year, and this was after you know a way of defending against the video game crash that came um, with Atari. And so Konami, a classic uh, Japanese video game company, well, the way they got around this was to create a subsidiary called Ultra, which then published games that Konami had developed but under a different brand. So, you know, it was a good exploitative way of getting around um, that barrier. And we also see it more broadly in video games. If you look at Ubisoft, for instance, you have Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft in various other different locations, and they have different priorities and different objectives when it comes to developing video games. So my point there is to just illustrate that companies for quite some time now have been dispersing some of their exploration, exploitation activities or some of their innovation activities. That can be obviously separated into different units. And I would say the logical extension of this is geographic ambidexterity. Now, the term itself is mired in some confusion. So for instance, there is no established definition of geographic ambidexterity. Suffice to say that a broader definition encompasses explorative and exploitative efforts balanced across geographically separated markets. Now, I think the word market is quite crucial here because, you know, you can geographically separate exploration and exploitation by simply having, you know, your exploratory unit in one part of town and your exploitative unit in another part of town. You know, evidently it's not that simple. So if we can think about geographically separated markets. What is perhaps more significant is the plethora of terms used, including things like international ambidexterity, which is used to describe simultaneous exploitative and explorative foreign direct investment expansions. There's also even then FDI or foreign direct investment ambidexterity, which obviously is quite the mouthful. And this argues for international expansion while balancing exploration and exploitation during FDI decisions. And this may enable firms from emerging economies, for instance, to catch up with global competition. And then there is a concept of international cultural ambidexterity, which takes the perspective of cultural diversity and how firms can enter into both close and distant markets at the same time, on the assumption that distant markets are more explorative and different. So you can see here that not only are there many different definitions, but there are also very different components of what, what it means to organize 
and exploration and exploitation activities and even the form of those activities in a geographically dispersed way. So by geographic ambidexterity then, let me just emphasize that we do not mean trivial geographic differences, but instead managing ambidexterity across international borders. And this has at least two implications. The first is cross-border acquisitions, and the second is international ambidexterity itself, where the firm may structure or prioritize exploration and exploitation differently. Again, Nintendo is a convenient example here. It's also not unusual for firms to have an R&D specific location. So consider how Apple, for example, emphasizes that its products are designed in Cupertino, but made or, pro or produced very much elsewhere. So I'm really just scratching the surface, you know, well, actually, it's not just me, but in research terms, we are really just scratching the surface here of our attempts to understand some of the geographic implications of dispersing ambidexterity. For instance, studies have looked at cross-border partnerships, cross-border mergers and acquisitions, cultural differences, the role of subsidiaries, the role of alliances. They've also looked at emerging market MEs and how they can use mergers and acquisitions to obtain technologies that they would not have had previously operating solely in their domestic markets. And this has been a well-established catch-up strategy now for the past 10 years or so. There's also the geographic impact of foreign direct investments, for example, and some of the, you know, the geographic challenges and cultural challenges associated with the dispersing these organizational activities into different international markets. So I think to conclude then, what I wanted to really do with this podcast was just, just to put this idea of geographic ambidexterity on your radar, because it's not something that has really been broached in significant depth yet, especially in the organizational ambidexterity literature. There is so much literature now on how we can internally organize our business to be uh, ambidextrous and to manage this balance between exploration and exploitation activities so crucial for long-term viability. But when we start to extend that to the global context, when we extend that to the multinational enterprise, it then becomes challenging because we need to think very carefully then about how do we not just disperse it, for example, exploration activities into one set of subsidiaries, how do we coordinate that? How do we transfer those innovations over to some of the other subsidiaries so that we can implement them in markets? These start to raise questions of cross-border coordination. And again, to borrow on Lavi's work where he looked at the role of alliances, how do we manage these cross-border alliances and manage cultural differences with our partners to ensure that we are developing this organizational ambidexterity capability? If we are going down the road of realizing that our innovation capacity might be inadequate and we think about buying other firms and making cross-border acquisitions, then what are some of the um, challenges then associated with integrating those capabilities into our new business? So I think that's where I would like to just conclude and pause uh, there on, but hopefully again, just useful to plant this seed into your mind and help you think about some of the geographic implications of dispersed uh, ambidexterity activities. 
So I hope that was useful and thank you very much for listening.